So September 13, 2017, the day I'll never forget. It's the day that, uh, well, yeah, Wednesday thing was like a normal day. It's a Wednesday. It was our big kickoff across here. We was running around, getting all sorts of things set up. Big games, all sorts of fun, food going on. And then I got a call from my wife. And uh, it, it's one of those, I don't know if you've ever had a call before, that you don't know what's going on because you can't understand necessarily what they're saying. Now, all I knew was that something bad had happened. And she proceeded to tell me that she got the results, the doctor just called, from a little girl's MRI. She said, it's not good. She said, well, what do you mean it's not good? What, what, what did the doctor say? She said, I, I don't even know. I don't even, I don't even know how to explain everything he said. All I know is that I know the tone of the conversation. And I think that's all we need to know right now. So, what would we do? What's the next step? What are the next steps? What, like, what, what do we do here? And uh, well, they're gonna, they're gonna do some follow-up tests. There's three spots, and we have to go in again and, and do some biopsies and, and figure that out. So, so what are we doing in the meantime? We got, we got a couple of weeks before this goes on. We don't have answers for a while. And she said, I asked the same question. Like I said, just some really time together. And so like, what do we do? How do you, how do you handle that? Outside of going, I don't know, I think we need to take some family pictures. I don't, I don't know if we play some more games, that's more time together, what, what do we do? And I look back at that time, I'm like, I wish I had an action plan. I, w- I wish I could do during times like that, because I didn't. And, and what I did was I, I came in here in peace, and I started fighting God. I don't, I don't know what to do. We're going to look at Psalm 31. And as I look through that, the last few weeks and, and study Psalm 31. I'm like, I wish I had that a year and a half ago. I wish I was able to walk through Psalm 31 and have a description for how do I handle these boundaries? What's my plan? How do I do this? See, David was writing Psalm 31 in a time when he was down. He's nearing the end of his kingship. And his son, Absalom, is coming after him. He, he wants the throne. And if you're going to hit the throne, it means you take out the king. And so now David's running and playing. And he's, he's in a very pretty bad spot. And yet he writes this letter to us, this bit of a prescription to say, here's what we do when we're down. We try to handle the lows of life. Oh, well, we fast forward in three weeks. In three, three weeks we're going, my world is just a tailspin. And I don't even know which end is up most times. They're going, we, we check out all three spots, and um, we don't get it, but everything's clean. Oh, look, all the worries, all of it, everything's good, everything's fine. But we're getting the worst of times, the best of times. And he does like David's life. He's a guy who's a shepherd, he protects his sheep, he fights off lions. Take the lions out there takes them all. He's on top of the world. He takes over nations. And then there's people who come after him, trying to kill him. And he's got to hide it, run it, So how do we handle those times? Not up here, but down there. Well, how do we handle those hardships? First thing is, we tell us is we go to God. 
we have to go to God in one of those hardships. So we're going to start figuring that out in Psalm 31. So if you guys are flipping with me, trying to find Psalms, it's uh, about halfway through your Bible, a little before halfway point. And for those of you guys who are looking at the table of contents for an S, you're going to be looking for a long time. Sound peace in front of that verse. Confuse everybody. So we can get into P Psalm 31. We'll start with verse 1. Let's see if it nails No, he says, In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. That word refuge. The Bible dictionary says it's, it's a hiding place. It says it's a safe retreat, a place of healing and renewal. When we're down where we go, it sounds like a place I want to go. A place of healing and renewal and a safe place. Where I don't have to be worried about the text coming in any which way. But yet, where do we turn? Where's our world tell us to turn? When we may go to our friends, which friends are you going to? Because I found there's a difference. Some friends will tell us that what we want to hear. That may not be the best description. Other friends will speak our truths and our lives. And where else do we go? Do we go in isolation? Spend some time by ourselves for a while? Do we just don't want to face anything? We go to the bottom of the bottle. That one doesn't work. There another one. See how long it takes. We don't have to feel this way anymore. Or others. Think I can buy my way to happiness. Grab that plastic car and split that thing and go on a shopping street. Maybe that'll help. When I'm feeling down, maybe that'll help. Maybe I need something. Maybe I'll help. I don't want to do it. David says, here's the question. We go to God. Why? Well, because he wants to hear us. It says in verse 2, Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. I'm giving you a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. Incline your ear to me. Mother, you're my first. Because you are my rock, my rock. I'm going to you with my struggles. And he says, For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. For your name's sake. Catch that? Who is this about? Who is this like about? David says, no. For your name's sake, I go to you. For your glory. For your kingdom. I'm not here to follow our desires. I'm not here to follow my faith and my life. I'm here to follow your path. Let's acknowledge that in our place of refuge, it's your plan that we're going to. He's going to God. He's a man under God's own heart. His refuge is in God. David needs refuge. Then we go, okay, that, that sounds good. Who is this God that we're going to refuge for? Who, who do we want listening to our prayers? Who is this guy? In verses 4 through 8. It's a pretty good idea about who this God is with his characteristics. He says, You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. You are my strength. Into your hand and in my spirit. You ransom me, O Lord, God of truth. I hate those who regard me in idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your loving kindness, because you have seen my affliction. You have known the troubles of my soul, and you have not given me over into the hand of man. You have set my feet in a large place. 
we read some of the history, we understand who our God is, we look at this and we, he's bringing all of them and he's my rescuer. And we see he's my strength. He's the God of truth. I trust in you because of your loving kindness. He might deliver. He set my feet in a large place, a spacious place. He gave me freedom. We have a God of freedom. So when David says, I am struggling and I am down and out, and I am fighting because my life is at stake. He says, go to God. Because he is good. And when we go to God, stand and worship together.
down and up, down and up, drove a smarter service, which I think replicates like down, up, down, drop. Wouldn't be nice if that's just what we deal with, but we get through it once we're good. How do I do that? How do I get up 
to be, stay seated and it's another another new song and, and a song that kind of makes you think and um, I guess growing up I always thought what it means to surrender is is like the gifts that God has given me and so I'm like well yeah of course I'm going to surrender you know my my love for music but surrendering everything and nothing less and um I love that idea of surrendering your fears and your doubts and your struggles and the things that you're trying to control, the things that you're trying to manage. Like, why are you doing that? Release it. Give it to God. And so I think this is a, a time for you to think, what are you trying to manage? What are you trying to hold on to? Is there a, a sickness in the family that you're like, oh, I just got to, if I only do this, then, then they're going to get better. Or you're trying to control your family or, or whatever it is, stuff that's out of your hands that... Give it to God, give it to God, and so we'll sing this song.
He didn't want to know. We get up to Tark and David says, have an attitude of gratitude. You know, I love this idea when science starts to essentially compile years later back what the Bible says. So recently, in the last few years, there's been a whole lot of like research that's been done on having a thankful heart, attitude of gratitude. And uh, it comes up, they'll, they'll take control groups and they'll basically say, hey, will you try this for a while? Will you journal? Write down a few things that you're thankful for each day. Or will you in this group, will you uh, just tell somebody three things you're thankful for each day? And then they take another group that doesn't do any of that. And they compare the results and see what happens. And so these groups of people who express <coughs> gratitude and write down their thankfulness or say their thankfulness, there's some pretty interesting things that happen in their life. And here's, here's some of the, the positive attributes. They report greater life satisfaction. They report being happier than the other group. They forgive others more freely. And that's something we need to us. Forgiveness. They're more optimistic about their life. They're less depressed and less stressed. They have greater self-control and more discipline. They're physically healthier. And having an attitude of gratitude improves resilience means we're less likely to get down but when we are, we're not going to go so far down and we're able to get back up. I have any attitude of gratitude. And take a look, I just did a quick search and I can find these 44 references to having a part of gratitude in the Bible. All right, science, thanks for coming to what the Lord has said since day one. Appreciate that. Nothing he gives us the same thing here. He says, how great is your goodness. Great is your goodness. God, you are good. And we grateful towards you. But you have stored up for those who fear you. But you have given us who love you. But you have brought to those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. You hide them in the secret place of your presence in the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in the shelter in the strife of tongues. You're you're hiding people, you're, you're putting out, you're asking them, you're delivering them. Here's your promises that are coming through. He said, because of that, let's have a thankful heart. When we look around, don't think. Or do we just get complacent now and expect things? Do I just expect that I keep them? Do I just expect that there's going to be food? Do I expect that my heart is going to be from point A to point B? Do I expect that when I close? Through him to God the Father. 
Just sing, bless the Lord, oh my soul. We'll just sing this chorus twice. Let's sing, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Sometimes we just need to go back and 
Now I do. Yeah. I've got this. We will have times that we are down. 